It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I'm kind of laughing, Daryl, because we've done this before, like literally two minutes ago. And I had a, a brain fart malfunction moment and something wasn't recording. I don't want to talk about it. Don't talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it either because my, my entrance was so good this time. I mean, it was like, think Michael Flatley, but audiophile. Mm. Uh, that's how good it, my entrance was, but no one's ever going to hear it now. And did you have your hands spread a wide? Oh, a wide, whilst doing that crazy mad grin he does. But hey, have you seen that film Michael no. Flatley's brought out? <laughs> so oh, I was God. Gonna, I was going to ask oh, you, God. which Michael Flatley are we getting here? Lord oh, of the Dance Black- or that? Oh, Blackbird. Oh, you have to. Everyone should just look at the trailer alone. Just it's look at the so trailer. so bad it's good? or I actually think it's so bad it's bad, but then it's good because of that. <laughs> you break through. Uh, yeah, it's like fourth wall badness. Yeah. But anyway, how's it going? What's going on? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, how are you Did you enjoy on? that game? I didn't enjoy that game. No. Do you know what? I enjoyed the start of that game and then the end of the game was. How? Yeah, Do you know what? On. I've got a lot to say. There's actually so many talking points around this game. It's yep. it's, it's, it's fascinating, the moon tour. Uh, dreams, the moon tour. Um, intermission for any of those um, movie buffs. Ah, oh, intermission. What a movie. What a movie. Stay there and take your skull. I have that on the buzz, but I'm not even going to uh, hit it. No. So, yeah, look, it's... Um, does, does so, um, do you know what? I'm going to just ponder for about 40 seconds, right? And it's not. I don't think I'm even going to throw in a question here. And then I'm just going to stop talking, right? All right. Because it's one of those... No, nothing unusual there with the way you carry on with your no, rants. But anyway, carry on. Carry on. But you know what? Right. You look at the game, right? And you... There's a couple of... I'm going to run through maybe all the talking points or a lot of them. So we're thinking... Thinking. Defense, yum. Special teams. Yep. Yum. Offense, amazing. At the start, amazing. Because this yeah. book's defense but was... then they left. Incredible. Then they left. But what I would say is... And LaFleur kind of alluded to this where people are... Because the, look, here's what I'll say. And this might sound very stoic and philosophical. And I do apologize. It's, uh, whatever time you're listening to this at, it's uncalled for. And it's uncouth. And you don't need it. But... The world isn't perfect. You know, Daryl, there's these standards now of... It's equivalent to, you know, the Seinfeld guy who has massive standards. Was he in Shallow Hal? A, a dog pile of a movie, I mean, oh, horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Where he had unrealistic standards. I feel that's the way... When you look at a game like this, right? So, on paper, Tom Brady, ouch. Um, it doesn't yeah. matter what coverage you bring up, right? Look at his wide receivers. There's a lot of talk about Chris Godwin not there, Julio Jones not there. And they're picking his receiving corner like, well, he didn't have anybody to throw to. Tom Brady has never had anybody to throw to. You know, no, he's, he's had no. some fantastic players every so often, but you've never looked at him and went, that that receiving core is unbelievable. And he has that. Yeah. He has a bit of Aaron Rodgers itis, if you will, where people question like, is the receiver good? Is he just good because Rodgers is good? Is did it, is the receiver really good? And that makes Rodgers look good. Is the coach any good? Uh, what's good you know and it's just this thing of chicken and egg and you can never decipher you know what's what and that's the way Brady has been but they're like this is a low scoring game and low scoring games for the Packers are typically ones that we get blown out in because our defense can't stop anything and our offense lays an egg whereas this was a game where all right we're coming up against you and you can put it in quotation marks and I hear some analysts saying oh this game has to cope with an asterisk no it doesn't because Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams and then he's got Romeo Dubs has a breakout thing. It's all about that coaching and scheming all without pre-snap motion. But I'm just saying in a nutshell, right, is what I'm saying, is that I look at this game and I go, all right, 
it's not perfect, but nothing is perfect. Your partner isn't perfect. I'm sorry to break it to you. Um, you know, and it's just the world isn't a fairy tale. So when you look at this game and you come out with a win in Tampa, you know, at that uh, stadium uh, with the noise and the rookie, all of this talking points, Daryl, and to come out with the win there against Tom Brady and a fierce defense, who I questioned the running run-stopping ability of this defence because they haven't really faced someone dynamite but they faced Aaron Jones True. who was averaging at one stage there are 10 yards of carry yeah, the right. game before all I'm saying is, is and you might have a different take and so will people out there this 14-12 win is as good a win as I've seen because the Packers typically Darrell and I'll end here would lose a game like this oh yeah and I think that's where I'll take it up then because they have like, have lost a game like this it happened last year you know, so if you think about this if you didn't watch the game and you looked at the score, it's almost if you can distance yourself from because it was, it was pretty hard, it was pretty nail biting because it was literally the last play of the game before this game was over, which is great. Mm. But it's an ugly win, but a win nonetheless. I know it's a trope, yeah. But let's face it, who's standing across from you but Tom Brady? The books have arguably the best defense. I know you had reservations on that, but up against it, they're pretty damn good. Let's go back to week six of last year the Packers were 10-0 after the first quarter and then got blown out 38-10 yeah. same thing was kind of happening here it was the same playbook but it wasn't the same result if you look at who pulled us out of the fire this time we had the defence and the special teams uh, we questioned this on our first preview pod this season going if special teams don't turn up we're in serious trouble they turned up they're looking pretty good now the two, two of the top players that I uh, picked out as sort of uh, really good players this week. Two special teams, Pat O'Donnell and Rudy Ford. I mean, they were brilliant. Mm. Keyshawn uh, Nixon as well, the, outstanding. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the offense got pulled out of the fire by the defense. How many times can we say that the defense won a game or prevented a loss in the A-Rod era? Not mm. that many. Because we're, you know, all, all was it all gas, no break? I mean, that's what they keep on saying. There was no gas in the tank this year, <laughs> if, or this, this game for the offense. But it didn't matter. But that's great. Like, this is not the Green Bay we're used to seeing. They're used to winning differently now. Um, You know, I heard reports in the post-match that there was music, like dance music, basically blaring out of the the dressing room because I think the guys got the monkey off their back thinking, well, last year's 38-10, whilst we know history doesn't matter in sport, but this team Mm. will have remembered that and that will have hurt. Um, So it's a different win. It's not a Packers win. It's not your 40-burger, you know, leaving it all out on the pitch, offense blitzing. It wasn't that. But actually, that made it more satisfying because the things that we were questioned on came through. You can only be satisfied with that. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. Look, I'm not being a homer here and I'm not being sickly sycophantic where I look at the team and go, oh, it's just amazing. Like, there's deficiencies there. But, and it was a slugfest. You wouldn't say that that if Mark Murphy wasn't sitting right behind you. (laughs) Can you imagine just watching yeah. with a little tiny notepad? Yeah. Too small. Just like to raising an eyebrow, going. Eh, eh. Mm. No, you don't but no, look. The thing is, is it's a. It was just a bizarre game, and I we put up that meme again of like you know I don't find support the Packers stressful at all of Dave, and it's literally like ah, a ninety-four year old man. But we put him down as twenty-seven, and it does wear you out. But it's the games like that that you look back on and and you remember. Forty burgers are great, and it's what you want, and you want yeah. your offense clicking and your defense clicking and special teams. Like as you mentioned, Pat O'Donnell, the stuff that he's able to do with his situational punting, um, yeah. was hasn't been done uh, for the Packers since nineteen seventy six, which is unbelievable. You know, Ooh. and just booming punts, if you will, and that's you have to have your Beg coffee your before you say that exactly. But yeah. it was this. It was a game where. You know, before the season, we're looking at Aaron Jones and we're looking at AJ Dillon and we're saying, you know, we have these studs. They're going to be what we're going to lean into. We're going to lean into the run game. We couldn't in this game. 
But who did we lean yeah. on? Romeo Dubs, Daryl, the rookie. Eight yeah, come on, he's coming out, isn't he? So here, here's a pop quiz. Eight receptions, how many targets? Eight. Randall Cobb. Eight. Two receptions, how many times was he targeted? Twice. Two. Alan, but that's the thing. I, I mean, uh, Bobby Tonyan targeted um, seven times, caught six. Uh, Davis was targeted twice, caught two. You know, so the when the ball's being thrown their way, they're catching it, um, which is a massive sort of, you know, we don't have Watson uh, now, who's out for a while. Um, we don't have Watkins as well, which is they're easy to mix up. No, those true. Rooms. no Watkins, um, no Watson. Yeah. So, you know, and this is a game where we saw a breakout game by Romeo Dubs and people are yep. buying Romeo Dubs jerseys, right? Which is funny. And I'll talk about that now in a sec. But you see, when have we seen a, a coming out game of a player and the ending score there was 14? You know, like you sort know, of yeah. look at it and go, yeah, yeah, it, that's a yeah. tree, touch tree, touchdown game or something. Tree. But here's here's what's funny, and I'll ask you this question first: Is it too early to buy a Romeo Dubs jersey? Because that's coming in a lot onto the group account. What what's the oh, verdict there? I I'm the worst person to ask because as soon as I buy a jersey, we lose a guy. <laughs> so you know, like when I bet on Cheltenham, I think the horse died. Um, yeah, you see, yeah, not good, just not good. But I, no, it's never too early. Let's support no. the guy. Let's face it. I think A-Rod supports him. A-Rod's backing him. He's throwing him balls. Yeah. Dubs is catching True. him. Yeah. I mean, caught every single one of them. Uh, but hey, here's what I would hey, say. Guess, is, guess right? him, guess him, no, hang on a minute. Before we go there. Guess how many sacks Dean Lowry got. Well, he has one. Dean Lowry. Like, guess how many sacks? Yeah. None. None in that no, game. No sacks. Guess what he did. Three tackles. Yeah. Dean. Oh, Actually, it's a bit unfair. I really should. I should it, is it? Should we keep this thing going where I just keep slagging Dean, or should we just let him off? You see, the thing is, if you're not a regular listener, this just looks like you're piling on. Whereas Being we cruel. have a lot of love for Dean, but I think we keep okay, it going. Of course, stop we do. mentioning it because, because he is like, Irish. Because you know obviously. what? I, obviously, I got in on some podcasts before where someone would say, "Oh no, yeah, you need to listen to this one," and then I do, and then I'm like, "What the hell are they talking about when they say this?" You're like, "Oh, you need to go back to 2017 when this starts," and you're like, "Oh, okay, weird, but that's fine." Here's okay, my do we have time for a limerick? Do we have time for a limerick? Oh, hold on, hold on, no wait. So have you got it? Got it. Sorry to spring this on you. Ah, here we go. Bloody Dean Lowry is actually a fine old fellow. My annoyance and harsh criticisms are starting to mellow. He loves a big manky sack to put a stop to attack. So we're lucky to have him in the green and yellow. Hey, did you have to lean into manky sack though? (laughs) Yeah, it was the most important bit. Well, they say that is the most important bit. I love a manky sack. Ah, well. Leave the bits in or take the bits out. But come here, here's my take on the jersey thing. And correct me if I'm wrong here, right? I'm going to list out the jerseys that I bought. Mm. Right? Eddie Lacey. No longer in use. Uh, Jordy Nelson. No longer in use. The only jersey that I have that is in use is an old Reebok Aaron Rodgers jersey. And that nearly looked like it was on its way out uh, for the last couple of years. So all I would say is, is you can buy... Jair Alexander's jersey or whoever right but Aaron Jones but it's all going to go the same way so I mean you might as well get the year's usage out of it as Romeo Dubs comes good and he's a rookie you know you're going to get a couple of years out of it look what happened to my Eddie Lacey jersey that guy was a bowling ball Amazing. bowling ball you see that's the thing though Darrell, isn't it you need you to can't get a even jersey. use it to clean your bowling ball now nah but you know what though the Jordy Nelson one you could wear and people go Great one, nice one, white line. You've been you oh. you've been a fan for ages. Yeah, That's why I like fan. to crack out my old Roy Keane Man United jersey every now and again, just to show how old I am. Yeah, is that a thing in rugby though? If you go to oh, the yeah, rugby games like Leinster, 
the oldest definitely jersey you wear. Rugby, and definitely a thing in GAA circles as well. If you can get yourself a really, really old GAA jersey and wear that, you're, you're showing your colours there, like. Yeah. Or your wrinkles, one or the other. Yeah, your cheapness, which is probably my angle. Nice. But look, we beat Tom Brady in Tampa there. That's not an easy thing to do, is it? But did you hear the whole no. controversy about the Jumbotron? And uh, the fact that Rogers was saying that he was keyed off. Do you believe yeah, in the conspiracy theories? No, 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 no. G- give me that. Give me that again. Let's, let's so, get that out for the listeners. So they, we, they don't know, right? But what they think happened was is that they went, they cut to the Jumbotron. And what I will say yeah. is from being at Packers games in Lambeau and everything else is that they will not... Uh, they don't show you the same stuff that they do on TV. They'll have different replays going and they'll zoom in on different players and they don't technically and always show it on the TV coverage because it might cut to the comms and they're yakking on, right? So apparently the the story goes is that the cameraman zoomed in on Brady on the sidelines with the tablet in his hand or whatever and it zoomed in on the play that they were going to run for that two-point conversion. So Rogers legged it up to Matt LaFleur to tell him what play he saw and then they executed it. Here's a controversial take, though, right? Is that Devondre Campbell, incredible play, did exactly what he would do. But it was only after the fact, and I was watching the highlights and stuff again, and I saw that... So maybe this is... They're obviously supposed to do this, but and maybe it's amazing situational awareness. However, was it not slightly squeaky bum time that he jumped up and smacked the ball into the air, taking the velocity off it, but also putting it up for grabs? When you look back on it, it's like... You know, if there's a defender underneath it, because you can imagine if or a receiver underneath it, if there was a receiver underneath it, it's one of those things, isn't it, where they're like, oh, he wouldn't have caught it if he just let it go. And now yeah, he tapped yeah. it up into the air and they caught it again. But God damn it, they're off really fine margins at the very end. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, kind of got a rub of the green in a couple of st- places as well. And again, with a 14-12 scoreline, you have absolutely no room for any errors whatsoever. And in saying that, again, a couple of those balls that were thrown out, by Rogers that didn't come off they were again fine margins for some of them coming off and the score could have been way and put it this way I think if we'd have put another score on Tampa early I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been half as close I think it was one of those things we left quite a bit out on the field so did they um, one thing A-Rod kept banging on about and I don't like it was the wee fence I don't like it what? he kept talking about wee fence you know when everything comes together you know the defence the offence and the special teams it's a wee fence stop it Stop it, Aaron. Actually, said we don't like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't like portmanteaus in general, but definitely don't do that. Like brunch, I ban that straight away. No brunch. No brunch. Yeah, or when they get celebrities and put their names together, like yeah, I don't like that either. Benifer or Brangelina or Bran Brangelina. Yeah, or they they still together. Or Dariv, Stevel. That'll be us, Stevel. I don't think think anybody's saying that. Yeah, we're going to say it now. It's the thing. Dave, David Bakhtiari, he did a Paul McGrath yeah. where he didn't... The D-back. Uh, D-backs, D-backs back. He didn't do... Uh, he did a Paul McGrath out there where he wasn't really practicing a whole lot and he was on a pitch count. Yeah. And pe- do you know what? This is what annoys me, right? People are going on like, it's amazing. I mean, you know, because this is the thing. This is the thing. You look at a situation like this and the narrative out there out of no, no experimental backup at all, no control group, nothing. They just say... Switching people in and out of left tackle like that is so disruptive that it ruins the rhythm of the game. It didn't. So, Not it. 
and this is what I was saying for years and again maybe this is a step too far I, I think I've seen the line and now I've well and crossed it Here you was just my... really want to be controversial today don't you no, I'm doing a skip Bayless no but I've, I'm just saying okay. I'm just saying I've been saying this for years right why is it that they don't do something similar with the quarterback now you might oh, go well, now you've no you've gone off the reservation now. I know. Next I thing you'll be saying you want Sorry. MVP to go to some other position rather than quarterback. Yeah, play tight end. You're cray cray. No, I'm just saying, right? Instead of leaving it till garbage time where all bets are off, or if it's garbage time where no one really cares anymore, you know, maybe slip out the, the backup quarterback out there into a meaningful drive. Show him some love. Show him some love. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. If you no, want to prepare no, him, you're gonna you're gonna get a, you're gonna get abused over this. People are going to literally hurl <laughs> rotten vegetables at you probably come on let's talk about Devontae Adams will we because they won't stop shoving it in our necks when it comes to the the comms who that's harsh that's very harsh <sighs> yeah hey if, if people think Dean Larry gets it hard on this show I don't even mention the man's name anymore that's... I have utmost respect for him but no it's too it's hurtful do you know what it is though and you know I don't mean to be rambling on here but Devontae Adams I'm just Obviously, I'm sick of the narrative where they go, oh, well, Devontae Adams, because they had a little graphic up that had Devontae Adams yards, then all of the Packers receivers yards, you know, the last couple of weeks and every single thing. Like if you play the drinking game where if they mention Devontae, you drink, you're dead, right? Like first quarter, just have the ambulance outside. It's, it's shocking. Um, but the thing is, is Devontae's gone now. So can we just can we just sack off the whole thing? I said sack off. Uh, oh. and that, is that, is that, that's an English thing, isn't it? We sack this off. Anyway. Um, uh, I don't know. It probably is, but don't look it up. Don't look it up. So definitely not on Google Images. Oh my God. No. Don't do that. It's no. a bad place no. to do your research that. No, so very bad place. We need to stop talking about it because the thing is, is it's nuanced as usual. Devontae didn't go to spite the Packers. He left oh. because he wanted to play with Derek Carr, who was his college quarterback. Um, you know, Las Vegas suited him because it was better for his family to be around his other family. All of these other reasons that he left for. Also, the, you know, the uncertainty around Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay after this year. There was a lot of factors that went in, but it wasn't the two fingers to the organization. And I see an awful lot of stuff going around where, like, there was a, a quote from Jordy Nelson where he's out on the field and he's joking with Carr. And he says, oh, I wish I had Aaron back, a quarterback. And they said, oh, this is how Devontae's feeling. I get the I get the comedic value in it and I get it, it's banter, right? That's fine. But like, I, you know, I just don't see it set up that way that it's like Devontae versus the organization. Yeah, How are you doing now, Devontae? You made a mistake. It's like, no, all of those reasons he went are still valid. It's a shame, of course, yeah, of course that the Raiders are winless. And when you see a player of that caliber. But the thing is, I don't think it lessens Devontae as a man or as a player I think he's a fantastic player was unbelievable to watch player. in person yeah. yeah and I just think like look it's an unfortunate situation but it's like someone going to a new job it's if they do it for their family for an increase in pay or whatever yeah, I know that's not you can't not, say anything about it like yeah. you can't say anything about it what are they supposed to do hold themselves to ransom so that you can get more enjoyment out of it what annoys me about the comms on the Devante situation is, let's face it, two seasons ago, they didn't know who he was. Mm. And when everyone was talking about, oh, this guy's going to be the best, best wide receiver in the NFL, they were going, what, who? And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh my God, Devante's gone. You're going, you weren't talking about him at all two years ago. He had to put himself on the radar and tell you he was the best in the NFL yeah. before you even noticed. So I think it's really rich. They obviously just tap into this because they know it actually annoys us as well. They know it annoys yeah. the fans. Well, I know stuff about Packers too, you know. But the thing is, though, and to give you an insight into uh, what people were, were telling me, what my connections are saying in the industry is that uh, someone was telling me just about the metrics behind NFL journalism. And they said that no matter what, the Dallas Cowboys always pull in massive numbers. 
So that's why, even though nobody wants to hear it and the storylines are pants, they'll yeah. keep plugging out Dallas Cowboy stuff because they have that legacy fandom and they've uh, whatever, you know. So it's the same as what's happening now. And it really dilutes the journalism when they keep going back to the same thing. But I feel, Daryl, we've always had this in Green Bay because any analysis, particularly anybody who isn't, and I know it's incredibly difficult because I cover the NFL for Sunshine Radio and you cannot delve into everything or you'd... No, of course not. You know, and even those guys who it's a full-time job, you do have to pick bits and pieces and try and no one can delve into it with the granular detail that we would. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm not saying us in particular, but anyone who's sort of just team-focused and that's fine. Mm, yeah, yeah. But the, the lazy journalism all along has always been from pundits. When you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got a chance. And yes, that stands to be true, but sometimes it just isn't, you know, and that's not enough analysis because when you look into it and you see, you know, people are injured and all that kind of stuff, which speaking of, Daryl, and this is what sort of impressed me by the performance as well, albeit was definitely not perfect, is that we lost Jair Alexander in this game and we didn't seem to really skip a beat there. And then we had that situation with Deebok and Josh Nishman or Josh Nyman, whichever way they want to pronounce it. Uh, this week, uh, swapping in and out. I really need to make a decision on that. Mm. Can we just ask him? Yeah. Can we just yeah. say, listen, mate, but how are we supposed to do this? Yeah. What do you want us to call you? Like, yeah, like Bobby Tunyon, who decided to yeah, keep that quiet like, for a couple of years. Um, yeah. But, Daryl, it's still a good game, though, right? Because, you know, Jair goes out, and although that's really concerning and, you know, that level of play, and the thing I would say is, is that it takes a really experienced quarterback to note uh, a really good defensive player has left the game. And then for the coordinator and that quarterback, which Tom Brady definitely is, to key in on his replacement. And Aaron Rodgers does it all the time and he knows when someone's after leaving. But it's not always this thing where Jair goes, the standards drop. You know, it might be a case where in the hustle and bustle for a series or so that they don't realise Jair's not there or that he might be coming back in, which is why sometimes they leave them on the sidelines because they're trying to confuse things. Um, but yeah, just a damn good performance because Tom Brady, there we got an awful lot of pressure on him, and he was able to get the ball out quickly. But a Tom Brady offense scoring twelve points in his first home game of the season is one in the W column, like apart from that uh, season, I mean, yeah. Because, but, and actually, and on that, and this is not the Tom Brady show, but he's in trouble if they can't protect him. He is, as we've yeah. said before, he's not a young man. He's getting sacked left, right, and center now. He won't see out this season if they keep getting at him the way they're getting at him now and yes to be able to hold him to that I know I've said it already but the report of the loud music coming from the Packers dressing room after the game shows you that these guys look at this as a win with a capital W this was a Mm. tough in the trenches battle where both teams were injured before they went into it so they were very they were kind of living on their wits a lot as well but I think a lot of clever play went into the Packers they remained calm they didn't panic even when balls weren't going to hand and there was some sloppiness coming into the game and that was the most impressive for me. And most impressive is their attitude now. They're not down and out over this. They're going, mm. we just beat the Bucks in their own backyard. And let's face it, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And weirdly enough, just being Tom Brady is enough to actually give the heebie-jeebies to some players across from without even doing anything. Very similar to A-Rod. Uh, so it is one of those things of, if they feel like this is a giant win and they're relieved and they're pumped up about this, that's only a good sign. Especially coming into the next, say, four games that we have. Um, which gives us a bit of time, I think, a bit more time on the road. It also gives us a bit of time to sort of tighten up because let's face it, if the defense keep playing like this, if special teams keep playing like this and the offense finally clicks, Mm. this team is going to be scary. And I know we say that every year, but this is really the first year where the defense has pulled us out of the fire and the special teams hasn't made any mistakes worth mentioning in comparison to what we've seen the last two years. So if we can get the whole package together, get the boys back from injury, this is going to be pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, even Keyshawn Nixon down on the punt, you know, right, and I, I think they gave them like three yards, but it looked like inches. You yeah, know, it's yeah. just little stuff like that, Daryl. It's, it's the intentionality, if that's mm. a word, word of the podcast, is that they bring in Rich Passaccia. Don't um, look it up. Don't look it up. But, you know, because they're, and it, it cannot be overstated as well, is that they say Rich Passaccia is in, he's got to make a change. They said the exact same about Mo Drayton yeah, yeah, is in yeah. and says all the right things. He jazzes the guys up. They said the same thing about Sean Menenga and said, no, we're bringing him in. He's, you know, he's, he's going to be brilliant at it. Uh, they said the same about Ron Zuck. This is a special teamer. He's been in the NFL now since the 70s or whatever it is. And every year you get the same sort of little narrative. You know, it's, this, it's like looking at a draft scouting report of a player. And you could just literally get the top 700 players and pick out any one of them. And that guy is an absolute stud. But when it comes down to actually making the plays, it doesn't always happen. And that's happened time and time and time and time again in Green Bay. But the intentionality of bringing in Keyshawn Nixon um, and all the other special teamers that they brought in, like Rudy Ford and, you know, stuff that sort of... Because remember when Rudy Ford was brought in, people were like, oh, one of the best special teamers. Yeah, okay, cool, yeah. How did you get those stats? You know, and then it ends up coming true. Now, I know there's been brain fart moments, there's missed tackles and all that kind of stuff. But as you said, there's nothing massive there. And the performance no. has absolutely jumped. Um, you know, to go from Paddy last to wherever they are now, I don't even know where they are in the special team standings, but I know it's high. Um, it's just incredible. And the fact that it's no longer easy points anymore. And not only are special teams giving good field position um, to Aaron Rodgers, not making any mistakes there and fair catches and all the rest, but they're also giving good field position to the defense. Like we saw it back Brady up into his own end zone. Yes. They couldn't get any space and then they yeah. punt the ball away. And then that gives good position to the offense in turn. So look, and I think that's the key point is that they, the other teams now don't see that as a major weakness for us. Mm. And Brady was definitely surprised. I actually think it hit the books kind of, because this this is the first real inkling we've had that special teams are good. Not that they're yeah. okay. Not that they're reasonable. Not that they get the job done. But they're actually good. And now we can use it as a weapon again, which is not something we could ever do. In fact, what our defense was terrified of was having it special teams involved at all. So it was one of those things now teams have to think again because the offense isn't working, but these guys aren't given an inch in defense and their special teams are going to pull them out of a hole. That gives teams something else to think about. Yeah, How awesome would they be if the mm. offense was ticking? Yeah, and you know what? Like, I mean, you lose players and you, you lose sort of your dynamic range as well. I mean, you know, this Packers offense is predicated on the run and also the pre-snap motion. There wasn't a whole lot, if any, no. of that against no, the no. Bucks. Now, yeah, that might have right. been the game plan because they saw that it, you know, all the fancy stuff didn't work and the Bucks could pin their ears back and they're a fantastic defense or something. I don't have the answers to that. But, you know, to get away from the style of offense that they do play. And one of the criticisms as well, Daryl, was is that when Jones had that fumble into the end zone, mm. is that after that it was deer in headlights and they couldn't adjust. Like, I don't know whether that's coincidental, whether they did lay an egg. Um, but at the end of the day, we still ground out the win. The defense still didn't give up. And also, and it, this cannot be understated too, apparently they'd no air conditioning in the locker room for the away team for the Packers. So they were in there and they were sweltering. So yeah. and they made them wear green jerseys so that they would absorb the heat, whereas the books were with their white. So it's these little gamesmanship things where they're trying to yeah, knacker yeah. their players out before they come out. And you know what? You'd look at that stuff and go, uh, you know, a load of cods wallop, who cares? All of that stuff doesn't really impact the game. But when we see the Packers going out west and going to uh, you know, sunny climates and playing these games, we famously get the L, you know, and I don't know whether yeah. it's the heat or or they take the eye off the ball or whatever, but I don't know, despite the heat, uh, despite the home jerseys uh, away and having that extra heat, the, the air conditioning in the locker room, all of that jazz, maybe the Tom Brady factor, as you said, just the mere 
sight of him on the field sort of you know the defensive players want to sack Tom Brady they want to yeah. have that on their bed who doesn't post. want that who doesn't want that yeah I mean who wouldn't want to go home and say look what I got that's a massive scalp to get yeah they say it all the time like that's one of the questions they always ask you get a rookie um, edge rusher in the draft and they yeah. always say the same thing oh who do, who do you have your eye on and they always say oh I'd love to get Aaron Rodgers and I'd love to get Tom Brady god you know it'd be amazing to put up there Because and why because the guys are so elusive they might not have fancy footwork anymore I mean Brady has no. n- like negative uh, footwork um, but that's still the Zimmer frame gets in the way yeah it really does but god damn it the guy's still playing and the fact that like defences must be easy for him but you know what Tampa Bay they're looking at some of the game tape you know the way they disguise some of their coverages and, and all that kind of thing I mean they did make it difficult for the Packers but do we talk about all of the controversy around the Packers not getting uh, you know holding calls called if you will or do we just say that's all just part of the game. I mean, we benefited against the Bears last week. So Yeah, well, I think, you know, one of those things, if an offense is absolutely flying it and you've got 20 points on the board, you, t- you tend not to notice these things. Mm. But when it's a game that is so tight like this, it does irk you a small bit because all of a sudden now, those calls can make the difference between winning by two and losing by two. Yeah. But then in saying that, you shouldn't let the referees, the officiating ever impact your game. You should be trundling along in order to get these points to win the game on your own. Don't, you know, in other words, I don't think it's it's an easy thing to turn around and say, yeah, but the officiating let us down. You're going, yeah, it did. But if you'd have scored those points, you wouldn't have worried about it. Um, so it is one of those things. I think it only ever comes on there. It's a bit like a low tide. You start seeing all the shopping trolleys in the river when the tide's <laughs> out. So it's a bit like that with officiating calls. I don't think you notice them as much yeah. when there's a load of points on the board, but I think you really focus on them when there isn't. And yes, it does come down, as you said earlier, about squeaky bum, but it shouldn't get there. It shouldn't yeah. be like that. Yeah. And in saying that, this is one of those games where it is. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the same as uh, when they blame the kicker. And you're like, and you should never yeah. ideally never, depend he, he on He shouldn't be kicker. in that position. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't be there. He's your last hope, mate. Yeah. But even yeah. Aaron Rodgers being really frank about the whole delay a game call, you know, where the Bucks got to delay a game and they should have yeah, got it on yeah. the play before as well, you know, really, really, really uh, eking out the clock. It's a mad rule, isn't it? That like, even if the yeah. clock runs down to zero, the ref has to keep his eye on the clock and then when it goes to zero, then take the time to go back and look where the ball is. And if it's just being snapped at that stage, they give yeah. them that split second. It just goes to show... Just pretend you don't see it. But you know what? It, it reminds me of that thing of when... Uh, and I don't know anything about cricket. Uh, you do. But it's when they talk about the dust on the cricket balls. Yeah, yeah. Or you see people looking up um, reviews of golf clubs and they're talking about these tiny, tiny increments. And for any newbie, it doesn't matter. The ball no, could be made out of mud and it wouldn't impact yeah. it. But these players are so good that just that little bit of extra time to snap the ball and, you know, yeah. try to well, get the Packers to show their hands. A certain like, guy whose name ends Brady, you know, just letting a little bit of air out of the old balls <laughs> there. Yeah, if you can't do that, just uh, a silly goose. But isn't it isn't it fascinating though that you wonder could he key on because the defenders obviously you know are going to try look at the clock and stuff like that and try predict because you know when it gets down to zero they have to snap the ball so yeah, you kind yeah. of get a jump on it. So you're kind of thinking like, does that slight delay do they show their hand in him because this stuff this game especially for Brady and Rodgers oh, so psychological is, yeah. and so it's milliseconds yeah. as well you know yeah. they see a slight movement and they read the body language and go well they're in man now or they're in zone or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, Amazing. But uh, any general points to make then that we haven't sort of uh, steamrolled over so far? No, I don't think so. Just to mention that Hurricane Ian on my side of the Caribbean um, just missed us yesterday. It is on its way over Cuba at the minute and it'll be hitting Florida and Tampa uh, at some point during the week. So obviously we're thinking about everyone in Tampa and making sure that everyone is okay to to the highest degree they can because that hurricane is going to be a big one by the looks of it. 
yeah, pretty frightening stuff. Um, yeah, a bit mad. I'm glad you're safe though, as well. So no, thank you. Uh, gets pretty ropey. The Cayman Islands, how it was it five miles wide at its widest point or something ridiculous? I uh, know it's, it's tw- yeah, it was sort of wide. It, it's sort of looks like a crab claw if you can imagine it on a map. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the funny thing about Cayman is it's it's not in what we would call sort of the bowling alley of where these hurricanes tend to go. They tend to move their way up past poor Haiti and then Cuba. And Cayman being so tiny that statistically speaking for a hurricane, you know, it wouldn't even be sucked towards it because the landmass isn't big enough. Mm. So, you know, statistically speaking for Cayman to get hit full on by a hurricane is quite a rare occurrence. But um, yeah, yeah, because there's so many more, obviously the stats drop yeah, uh, slightly. But uh, Ian's turning out to be a pretty manky one. Yeah. Thoughts there. Uh, right, we are on the big, massive uh, slippery slope now into London and the Packers in London. So Ooh. we have a couple of events. So there's where you can pre-order cheese heads and pick them up at the Packers official pep rally in Belushi's. Uh, you can pick them up from about half 11. I think the doors and the, the events kick off rumoured to be 12. Um, and then there's other events as well on the Thursday and Friday um, and that's on the, the Packers official website then on the Sunday there's tailgating at number 8 pub in Tottenham uh, so we're doing up the banners for that is that like, the, we, is that like the number 8 pub in Tottenham or like so there's 1 to 7 pubs <laughs> that are better yeah it's like when yeah. someone said COVID-19 oh well they didn't solve COVID 1 to 80 and so well, you're like, oh, really really yeah, that's, that's brilliant that, how long did it take yeah. to come up with that one yeah. that's a, but that's a real quote that's uh, you know yeah American politics is crazy so um, so yeah I've, don't talk politics on the po- I'm here for sport um, I didn't say who said it. I don't even know any. I mean, uh, so look, uh, so no, but it is the the number eight bar, not the eighth best <laughs> bar. So look what you've started now. Sorry. So it's a number eight bar in Tottenham. It's probably some really cool soccer related re- soccer related reason there. It's just you know, there's some guy at these car just crashing into a hedge now that I said the word soccer. So <laughs> <laughs> we're getting banners made up. Um, for that so we're going to have a dedicated corner there so you just follow the banner get over if you're in there for the first hour and I have to laugh because it opens at 9 and the first hour deals there are a burger for like 6 quid and a pint for mm, 6 quid delicious and just, <laughs> people said because that's the way they phrase it to us you know the, the first hour yeah. and then we were like well yeah. when's the first Thanks. hour like because usually they open at 12 so we're like oh 12 to 1 yeah that's not bad to get in for the game get a burger you know and they're like no no we open at 9 that day and you're like oh nice burger oh. and fries at half 9 in the morning mm, but lovely. But we went over to see a Badgers game. And I know some people in Wisconsin are thrown off by the fact that the game is going to be aired super early and they're going to have to tailgate really early because people in Wisconsin tailgate hard. Um, and they're sort of saying, like, it's going to be insane like to be up that early in the morning. But I definitely know if there's any uh, load of people that are going to be up for it, it's definitely the people in Wisconsin. They are yeah. bonkers. Yeah, yeah, um, that's the way to do it. But we did that in, in Madison. So we went in, like, the bar. They were only setting up the bar and they were looking at all of us paddies and Tommies and Welsh and sheep and Scots and all coming into the thing, Man. Germans. And they're just going, what, are you, what the hell are you doing here? Like, we haven't even cut the cucumber for the Bloody Marys. And we're like, oh, and give us a beer. So look, it's going to be great. So there's that. Yeah, you'll have to eat and drink early. But the points, I think, are nine quid anyway. Uh, so we also have two watch parties as well. Uh, one is in the Hippodrome that's sold out we're operating a switch list uh, I don't know if I'll be switching many more tickets because Bloomsbury still has tickets up for sale if that sells out well then I'll be back to sort of operating the switch list yep. again for the Hippodrome uh, so there's a couple of tickets left for Bloomsbury I think we're about 80% sold now uh, so again it's open to everybody uh, if you're coming over from America and you don't have tickets to the game head along to Bloomsbury it has two massive projector screens private rooms with the games pumped in there as well TVs dotted around the venue uh, bowling lanes that you can rent out when you're there 
there. So say if you bring, and as well as that, it's it's open for the whole family. So if you go in, uh, everyone who has a ticket gets a drink. So whether that be a soft drink for under 18s, whether that's a beer for over 18s. Um, and then on top of that, if someone in your family isn't really into the football thing, but you have to bring them along because you're in charge, because you're an adult and stuff, you can just send them off to the bowling lanes. And it's only going to be us in the venue as well. So they're all going to be booked out. Um, and of course, there's the largest pizza in London, which I saw someone actually eat on his own. Uh, before Daryl so filthy yeah I don't think he pooed for at least two weeks yeah uh, a lot of cheese so there we go that's if you want to get on them as usual I've mentioned it at the end so if you're still listening you definitely deserve a place uh, actually if you're still listening let me know and I might actually give away a free ticket or two to the Bloomsbury Lanes it's kind of a reward nah. for getting through the do waffle. we count no we're still listening well actually I stopped listening a while ago yeah you do I saw when you go glassy I'd like that it's just like kind of <laughs> I'm trying it. to kill a mosquito there's one in the studio here yeah I can't wait to hear That's that back on the audio. Just editing out the mosquito. <laughs> Listen really carefully. He's like, oh, the Packers suck. And you're like, oh, don't say that. What are you talking about? Oh my God, it's a Tampa Bay mosquito. That's rude. So anyway, he is at Daryl J. O'Brien. I'm at Steve Diddy NFL. And this is at UK Packers. You can follow us on social media. Oh, last thing. I'm giving away three. I don't know why I mentioned this at the very last. I'm giving away three tickets to the game in London. There you go. How about that for promotion? I'm really bad at the, the promotion stuff. Three tickets yeah. to the Packers game in London. I'm giving away in Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. The cash doesn't get taken until the first of the month. So you still have uh, about two days uh, to get on that. You cannot sign up on the first. And I know what you're thinking. I'll buy, a, I'll buy a watch party ticket late oh, I'll get a cheese set I'll order it when I get there not possible you have to pre-order um, and then you also have to book the watch t- tickets before and also you need to get into Patreon before October 1st swings around otherwise it doesn't charge it and then you're not in the draw anyway all the stuff I said before that's where we're at talk to oh, you then quick question oh. Can I, hang on quick update what? the bears suck Sorry, well, hey! Whew, nearly forgot about it today well there we go Whew, that was close science